Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiaki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiaki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. 
We're proudly coming to you through the ever-expanding Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Golda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring Redreaming the World. I used to puzzle over the belief held by many shamanic traditions, we dream the world into being. Though, looking around me right now, I have to say that dream has become somewhat of a nightmare. Another intriguing universal concept is that we are the stewards of the earth. Now, there's a tall order, particularly when considering the earth being referred to comprises all of physical reality. There was something my original shamanic teacher used to say when I was whining about my life circumstances. You dreamed it. If you don't like it, just undream it and dream something else. At the ripe old age of 22 and fully invested in my own victimhood, it used to frustrate me no end. I was in college at the time and just learning about the observer effect, which made less sense to me than my shamanic teacher's statement. If outcome is affected by the expectation of the observer, doesn't that invalidate all scientific testing we still hang our reality hats on? Doesn't it indicate we actually have some sort of mystical power over the physical world? Let's get my thought He said, statistically speaking, not only is it impossible that we're the only planet with intelligent life, it's impossible for creation to be a random act. As my studies in shamanism advanced, the discrepancies in what the science of the time presented as fact continued to mount. My teacher instructed me on shamanic journey trance, which is, in effect, an interactive dream. I had firsthand experience of dreaming events before they happened. I also had experiences seeing what could take place and choosing not to involve myself in it. The predicted outcome later took place, but the decision not to involve myself changed the outcome for me. I'd managed or dreamed a different outcome for myself and taken the necessary steps to create it. Yet science says precognition is impossible. I'm a very sensitive person and can feel the emotions of those around me. Trying to manage my oversensitivity was what drove me to shamanism in the first place. Yet according to science, that's impossible as well. In psychology class, I discovered it was considered a mental illness. Needless to say, I kept my own counsel on campus. My shamanic teacher, however, didn't bat an eye when I shared my sensitivity with him. Instead, he taught me to use it as a diagnostic tool in shamanic healing. I later refined it to the point I use it in medical intuitive sessions. As a preceptor for the University of Colorado School of Medicine, I instruct medical doctors on the interface between shamanism and allopathic medicine. Medical intuitive demonstrations really wow the young docs when my findings are substantiated by MRIs and CAT scans. After all, what I do just isn't scientific. Or is it? Each of us is surrounded by an electromagnetic field. When we're in close proximity to each other, these fields cross. The Earth and Sun are also surrounded by electromagnetic fields that intersect each other, creating what NASA calls X-points. According to NASA, these X-points are wormholes, shortcuts in time and space. Whenever the Sun and the Earth's electromagnetic fields cross, information is exchanged instantaneously. So why not with people? In fact, it's exactly the same with people. It's the basis behind all shamanic practices. All things have electromagnetic fields, These fields intersect, creating X-points that shaman navigate at will through the shamanic journey trance or dream. We simply have to learn how to access and decipher the information science has convinced us doesn't exist. 
Tap into the place where science and magic meet, where all is one, in our imagination, in our waking dreams. Here we can consciously wield the observer effect and redream our world. Our guest's hour is Philip Camilla, a lawyer and visionary and futurist. His book, The Collapse of Mainstream Visions of Science, Dreams of God, is a culmination of decades of work committed to developing a new and credible scientific paradigm to unify the physical world of science and the metaphysics of religion. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Philip, and together we'll explore how philosophy, science, religion, and the paranormal all lead to the same place. Could be earth-shattering, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Prior innovative episodes can always be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called Rise, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say, it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony a greater sense of clarity. Our RISE retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. 
Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, our guest is lawyer, visionary, and futurist Philip Camellia, author of The Collapse of Mainstream, excuse me, Materialism, Visions of Science, and Dreams of God. His website, thecollapseofmaterialism.com. Philip, thank you for joining us on the Science of Magic. Hey, thanks a lot for having me and great introduction there. Oh, thanks, thanks. Hey, you're a lawyer. Whatever you do is to unite science and religion. Well, as I, as I like to say that I'm a, I'm a man first, philosopher second, and a, and a lawyer third. Uh, you have to make a living. I think that there's a lot of things in common between law and science. They both look at logical arguments and evidence to support theories, and I also think the legal training has helped my own approach to developing an argument in favor of this new way of looking at the world. So where do you start to get your information from? Well, you know, I think that missions in life are sort of inborn. Uh, I think that from a young age, I, uh, I had one of these uh, sort of attitudes about trying to figure out what we're doing on this planet earth. And it's something I was not able to shake. I still can't shake it. And so I wound up going to college for a, for a philosophy degree, and in in the philosophy uh, degree and, and in training and in, in reading all the great philosophers, thinkers, I came upon a way to sort of unite philosophy and quantum physics, and it sounds sort of maybe fancy, but some other people have gone down this this route. But my own route is really combining the findings of the great philosophers with quantum physics and evolution and finding that there is really a unified way of looking at the world. We don't have to put philosophy, religion, and science, and even the paranormal in different, in different cubbyholes or in different books on the shelf. There, is, there should be a unified way to view the world uh, in, with, with one with one overarching uh, theory, and that's really what what drives me. I don't like splintering our minds into logic and spirituality and paranormal. We have one world. There should be one way to look at it, and that's driven me to write the book, research, continue my writing, continue trying to break down these barriers that are stopping us from, from viewing the world as a united whole. It seems like there is a, a soup, a pneumoplasm, if you will, that unites all yeah. things. Is that, is that what you consider the quantum field? Well, I, I, think that the way to, I think the way to approach it is, and you, know, and, and you alluded to it in your introduction, is that you have different fields 
uh, quantum physics is one of them, uh, Western idealism, shamanism, Eastern religion, the paranormal. They're, they, they're different perspectives, but they lead to the same conclusion. For example, I think what the Eastern religion folks call the one mind or Brahma is the same thing as God, is the same thing as the energy field, is the same thing as the quantum field. I think they're all the same. They're just different words. That the real difference is whether we believe this field is internally generated or is it generated from outer space. And modern physics, materialism, through the Big Bang Theory and other theories, believe that, that the laws of physics matter came at us that, that the laws of nature are outside of what we are. I'm saying that no, we, that, that the united mind field, energy field, is the source of the physical world. And it is our, structure, our mental structures and our need for regularity and our need for a world that ultimately brings us where we're at today. Maybe radical, but, but when you research it and when you look at some of the great thinkers, it, I'm not the first one ever to come to this conclusion. I've just tr tried to update it and put it into terms that folks can understand in the context of our modern culture. So this leads us to the next question is, tell us about dreaming reality. Okay, well, th this is a, uh important um, concept, and the most important thing to understand is that in our night dreams, in, in, in daytime hallucinations, we know that the mind is capable of conjuring up a real seeming world from nothing. In one of the, the most recent issues of, of New Scientist, the weekly publication from um, the UK, the title was, Are We Hallucinating Reality? Because even modern science understands that the mind at least fills in our perception of the world. We know that the mind is capable of conjuring up a real world from nothing through our dreams and hallucinations. But what's different about the way I've approached it is that the public world, the mother nature, is a public dream. It's a dream of God. It's a dream of the one mind. And it's, it's funny, you know, it, to, this is really what, Eastern, what many Eastern philosophers come to, the same conclusion, and maybe, maybe I've, I've expressed it in more of a down-to-earth manner than, the, than, than mystical signing. Uh, sounding language, but there is a quote that is from, um, I have here from Sir James Jeans. He wrote a, a book about 100 years ago called The Mysterious, uh, the Mysterious Universe, a great book. He said, creations of an individual mind may reasonably be called less substantial than creations of a universal mind. So what we have forgotten is that the, a united mind, if, if we are united then I think that, that unity is an energy source, it's the mind, it's consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And that mind's primary power is the ability to project a real seeming world from nothing. And so we don't dream the world by ourselves. To change the world requires united moral action. And that's where that's the distinction that we need to make. You can't just say, well, the world's a dream. I think I'm going to fly. 
It doesn't work that way. We have to change the storyline in our modern world from a from a storyline of a, a storyline of blaming others, blaming the world, to taking control of the world and by taking control of ourselves. So, so there's a lot there, but I just want to outline it for you there. <laughs> there's a lot. I can be chewing on that for a while. <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot there, right? Yeah. What can so I'll, say? I'll start chewing. <laughs> <laughs> the the, co- <laughs> the the collective mind, okay, right. is. If we consider that, are you talking about the collective mind of humankind or larger than that? I think that the united mind is synonymous with the collective mind of humankind. It's the same thing. The, the, Carl Jung called it the collective unconsciousness. Right. It's, it's, same, it's the same thing. The difference is that we are in the midst of a story. We're in the midst of a dream we're miss we're in miss uh, we're in the midst of a 3d simulated projected world it happens to be the only possible world and this is why i don't i think this is where science religion spirituality everyone's going because when you actually evaluate the probabilities of whether is the world a dream or not a dream it's it's so much more probable that it is a projection than it is a creation from the Big Bang. And that's something I get into in my book. Well, this this brings up another really interesting question. Um, I don't think we, any of us can deny that a lot of what we believe and think is programmed by our educational system, our media, our belief systems that are passed down generationally. So how much is this collective story written by the powers that be? Uh, you, you just hit the nail on the head. That's that's what uh, the situation is. That when you look at the leading universities, the media, textbooks, Nobel Prize winners, the the thought leaders in our current society are science scientists. The scientists follow materialism or or mechanism or the machine world, which holds that the world is really a self-operating machine outside of the control of humankind. And so when you go to school uh, to, to study physics, for example, or, or medicine, you are getting the story from the mechanistic, from the mechanistic standpoint. And that, that gets ingrained into our brains, and that's, and that's the storyline or the dream we follow. Okay? And so that's exactly right, that that's what's going on. And that particular phenomena, I think, has to change, and this is called, in different words, it's called a scientific revolution. We have to change the paradigm from one that's mechanistic, materialistic, to a paradigm that's holistic, uh, uh, vision-based, mind-based, consciousness-based. We need to start putting these terms into non-mystical scientific terms so that, so that those who want to be logical and scientific could find a home. So you're exactly so that's really what I'm about, which is trying to change the thought leadership because it's really outdated. The mechanism, materialism, as we know, and as you've done in other shows, quantum theory has disproved the mechanical universe. Yet yet we still have medicine, physics, uh, biology, everybody following the mechanistic viewpoint, even though the, the scientists know it's wrong. So, so yeah. we are in a state of, 
conflict right now. It's it's scary too because it's like as long as we Amazing. feel like I'm sorry. Just, as no, long I was, as no, just the same to me. As as long as we feel like we are disempowered or victims of the machine, we're like children dancing with a loaded gun. We think is a toy. We don't know what we're doing. Right, 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 right. We we tend to. There's a lot of observations that could be made about the negative consequences of following a machine model, but one of them is lack of responsibility for the world and for yourself. We think that we need to. We are in a blame game kind of society. We're always looking for somebody else to blame. We're always looking outside of ourselves. For some, for the cause, whether it's global warming, whether it's crime, poverty, or something else, we're always looking outside of ourselves. And I think that materialism, or the mechanistic standpoint, perpetuates that line of thinking because it's like this: if you were given a pen and told write a story of the kind of person you want to be and the kind of world you want to live in, how many people would write a story that? that results in the kind of world we're living in right now. I would Not think that a lot of people want to live in a happier place, right? So, so we need to take control and responsibility. It all, to me, this, it all fits together. And, and the fact is, um, Gola, that, that we, we, it takes some strength, integrity, courage to get to that point where you say, hey, I'm going to take responsibility for myself. And, and I'm going to take responsibility. And the buck stops here. We're going to have to take a break. Philip and I will return to this discussion after this short break. We're coming to you through the land of leading edge paranormal broadcasting, the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on XZBN.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. We will be back, so don't you go away. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. 
his radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is lawyer, visionary, and futurist Philip Camilla, author of The Collapse of Mainstream, Visions of Science, Dreams of God. Philip, before the break, we were talking about what's a subject that's very near and dear to my heart, and that's the, the blame game. As long as we're pointing our finger at somebody else, all the power goes right out the end of our finger. But don't you think that we've been programmed into this um, victim stance through guilt and shame from many of our religions? Yeah, I, th- I think that there's a point there that is that is accurate, yes. And I, I think that the the religious um, orthodoxy has not been particularly helpful to um, encouraging people to take uh, personal responsibility. And I think that, you know, those of us who have been have raised Catholic, it seems like a lot of people were raised Catholic, and the whole question about um, original sin and being guilty, having fun, and, um, and sort of setting up this dichotomy between uh, humans and this perfect being, Instead of instead of engaging in moral action, 
which is what I believe Jesus Christ was all about, um, that 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 has been that has been a real problem. And so it's not just science that needs to be changed, but I think that 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 religion uh, needs to evolve. It's to me, it's 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 noteworthy that uh, more and more people are leaving Orthodox religion and uh, thinking for themselves, thinking through these things, these these big issues. Uh, because ultimately, you've got to bring God down to earth. You ultimately, you have to bring these principles into your daily life. It doesn't do a lot of good reading about it, um, and then and then acting contrary to the fundamental uh, principles. Um, so I so I do think religion has had something to to, to do with it. It's a problem. And so we're controlled through guilt rather than our internal promptings and our own intelligence. Right. I like to think that we are uh, little gods in the making. We're, we, we, are, we, are, we are unlimited uh, creatures with, with, with uh, unlimited potential. And when we're raised, we're, we're raised with limitations. I mean, it's more severe if you look at the Middle East, um, the, um, the communist countries, the countries that more constrain uh, freedom there are very good examples of how a child is born with unlimited potential, with, with vision, with imagination, and over time, society, through the power of religion, science, politics, uh, that vision is constrained and is limited and, and, it, and it, in many cases imprisoned. And so when you look at, you know, some of the great stories of time are people breaking out of those limitations. Martin, Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, you, you know, the, the Gandhi, you know, these are people that, that the spirit freedom overcomes the limitation. And so, and so, so to me that is saying that, that we need to let the spirit free. We need to think freely. We need to think for ourselves and, and really sort of, experience our full potential and and you know there's hundreds of books well as you know on this principle you know on this principle of reach your reach your potential you know be the person you can be and all those all that stuff i I agree with it's just that we we need to ingrain that more uh, universally in in our in our in our world in our in our children particularly so we don't sell ourselves short what's the real dream worldview that you speak of? Well, it's, it's the principle that when you think about it, one of the objections to the world being a dream is that, gosh, this, this world sure seems a lot more real than the dreams I have at night. And geez, it's not real flimsy. It's hard and solid. You know, you kick a wall, that's not a dream. Well, the problem is with that objection is that we are part of the dream. We are spirits in a spiritual world, so the re- so the world is real to us. That's the real dream worldview. That we are, we are the same substance as the world at large, and therefore it is real. It will. It, it's as real as reality will ever be, and, and so it's meant to address this objection that oh. You know, this is the the universe, Mother Nature is not some kind of flimsy, fly-by-night illusion. I'm saying you're exactly right. It's not because we are part of that illusion, 
and it, and we could just remove the word illusion. We are real beings in a real world. The world is real to us. So maybe it takes some thinking, but that that's the logic behind the real world. Um, I feel I feel like my brain's real dream. I feel like yeah. my brain's yeah, oozing a, out yeah, of my yeah. ears. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it takes it takes some. You know, the thing is, is anything takes anything takes um, takes time. I, I I tell people like when I talk about this. There's a passage in the book uh, Siddhartha by Herman Hesse that is exactly what I just said, and I and I and I came to it. I read it after I came I uh, came up with this real world dream view, um, or real dream world view. Um, that Siddhartha himself in that book responds to the objection about the world being Maya or illusion in uh, in in Buddhism. By saying, well, he doesn't ma- he doesn't mind that objection because if the world is an illusion, then so am I, and it's the same substance as me. And so it's it's something that just takes a little thinking, but you know you know you sleep on it and it makes sense. So, <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that one. So how how yeah, much does, yeah. yeah how how much does this have to do with frequency and our ability to alter frequency? Well, I don't know how. I think the word frequency is sort of a um, kind of like a metaphor, uh, and I think that we use a lot of these terms like like being in tune, or frequency, or wavelength, uh, as as sort of ways to describe uh, this this flow of the world of being being in tune being being in touch with your your inner self you know there's this um from the 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 book on the Celestine prophecy although it's been much ridiculed over over the years as you know being one of the first new age books but in that book uh one of the principles there he said that when you are in tune with the world synchronicities happen more frequently when you when you are fulfilling your life's goal when you're being real to yourself and i call that um, being being in tune with being in tune with the world with, with the way with the Tao with the Tao, and so I think all that is is similar to the concept of frequency, uh, which is which is sort of like putting out good vibrations, being a positive person, uh, showing loving kindness to others. So, you know, to me, a lot of this requires experimentation. I don't know everything, that's for sure. I, I know hardly anything, but I do know that if you, if you want to have a more optimistic viewpoint, a, more, a better, brighter future, this way of thinking is better than a mechanical worldview. Got it. And so, it takes... so, like Einstein said, um, everything in it is energy, and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This isn't philosophy. This is physics, and that's what I was relating to. It sounds like you're talking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly right. And you know, the whole uh, e equals mc squared, which I guess he just imagined, intuited, because he didn't do a calculation and test it. But it, it, it's so, which is which is interesting in itself, by the way, yeah. that formula. But 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 I I think that it's exactly right. It, I would agree with it. Matter is energy. The only difference is is that our internal states is is the source of the energy. 
the energy isn't coming from outer space. See, that's the only difference. And that's and so we and, and when you look at it like, well, it's not just in our stomachs. We are out in the world, but this but the ultimate power, the ultimate source of the energy has to be internally driven because that is what we know best and that's how we can explain the world we live in. And this whole thing about you know precognitive dreams you mentioned in your intro and 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 um and visioning a positive solution like Jack Nicholas talks about imagining the ball landing softly on the green. This is all sort of the game you play in a dream world. This is how this it work it, it, the reason why it works is and it should work is because that's the nature of our world. It's not just some kind of mystical, you know, um, sort of happenstance. It's we are we are now dealing with the structure of the world, and and for those who want to improve themselves, it makes sense to align your life strategy with the way the world works. If you want to experiment, you know, people experiment with this all the time. I think it's better going this direction, as I said, than pretending that we're going to have to have 53 operations and surgeries and, and all these chemicals to get, you know, to become better people. I think it's better being positive from the inside out. So again, you're speaking about um, envisioning or matching the frequency right. of the reality we want. Right. We go inside. That's where we right. do that. Right, right, right. I think that I think that I think that that is. You mean, so this is sort of like a subject matter for a new science when you think about it and because we don't know very much i mean there's been a lot of paranormal experience um experiments for example a lot and a lot of placebo experiments uh with um and mass prayers with this kind of sort of thinking and it and it's this to me is the new science we don't know what power an individual person has over themselves or the world I do know that there's a depth to it, and I think there's a breadth to it. In other words, the deeper you understand, believe these things, like in a prayer, the more power you have. And I do think that critical mass, uh, a, a, a community, a village of believers, like-minding people, also has an effect. I just don't know to what degree. And I, I think that that is an area of, of future science, which I happen to think is very exciting, as opposed to sending sending a explorer to Pluto or something. So <laughs> why not just send our consciousness, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think that the people who go to Pluto are going to find one very cold rock uh, <laughs> as as opposed to doing what I'm talking about, which is maybe you might find yourself happier, healthier, younger, a longer life, happier, you know. But everyone's got to make their own decisions on how they want to live their life. And, and this is something that my overall point, if you want to, is that everybody should face the big questions once in their life and think it through honestly. And if, and if, and if you just do that, then you've done more than 95% of the people. A lot of people, as, as we discuss, so just go the way of the thought leaders, of the politicians, the professors. We're, we're going we're going to have to take another break and pick up with this on the other side. I really want to talk about the big question on the other side. So Philip and I will be back shortly. You're listening to The Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. This is 
Brought to you by the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Don't go away. Philip and I will be back on the other side. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. 
What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Golda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is lawyer, visionary, and futurist, Philip Camilla, author of The Collapse of Materialism, Visions of Science, Dreams of God. When we went into the break, Philip, you had just started talking about the big question. Would you take up from there, please? Yeah, but yeah, by big questions, I, I really mean nothing too out of the ordinary. I mean the questions of what are we? What are we doing on this planet? What or who is God? What is the purpose of life? Those kinds of questions. The, the big questions that philosophy ponders, and I think the big questions that everybody needs, needs to face. Now, I'm obviously prejudiced on this point. Maybe bias is the right word in that I... I, I do have a degree in philosophy, and I feel strongly in education, uh, and I think that a lot of people skip over the big questions and let other people answer them for them, such as religious leaders and scientists. But I think it's really healthy to, to face those questions individually. And, and my own, you know, I have my own radio show called Conversations Beyond Science and Religion, and my, my sense is that more and more people are thinking for themselves. It's one of the it's sort of it's it's one of the unspoken hallmarks of our modern world. I think more and more people are asking the big questions, and I'm very much in favor of doing that in an uninhibited um, manner that that is free and open. The kind of discussions that some of us used to have in our dorm rooms when we were freshmen when we didn't know any better, and and. To me, that's extremely important because it, it asks the question, is the, is, are the big people, are the people answering these questions, the scientists, religious folks, are they leading us in the right direction? Should, or should we raise our hand and say, are you sure about this? Is there a better way? That's really what I'm about. I'm about questioning authority and making them prove their points. That's, that's really what it all comes down to. Our guest this hour is lawyer, visionary, and futurist Philip Camilla, author of The Collapse of Materialism, Visions of Science, Dreams of God. Mm-hmm. Philip's website is thecollapseofmaterialism.com. Philip, what do you mean by the collapse mm-hmm. of materialism? 
What I mean is that this notion that the world is a machine, that it consists only of tiny particles in motion, that there is no connection between people, between us and the world, and that there's no purpose in life, and that the world can be explained from creation to the apocalypse, to, to the end of all times, only as only as a random creation in the Big Bang, that that era, that belief system is collapsing because it does not explain the full range of human experience. And more and more people are starting to understand that when you, from, for example, the proof of heaven, the, the uh, near-death experiences, the paranormal, uh, the uh, synchronicity, the fine-tuning of the universe, and then you add in the fact that quantum theory, as I mentioned, disproves me the mechanical world to begin with, uh, it's time for this worldview to end, to pass off into the distance, and a new way of thinking, a new worldview rise up in its place, which is a mind-based, energy-based, human-based way of looking at the world. And so I'm trying yeah. to accelerate that's the materialism. You know, it seems to me like um, we're in the middle of a big crash here. There's a lot of evidence converging from every aspect of our experience that speaks of unity, that speaks that we have power, that speaks that we are the creators or co-creators. So why do you think it's such a well-kept secret that we have the power to create reality? I think that it comes down to, this, this may be um, a bit, how can I put this, a bit, cynical, but I think it comes down to um, the folks in power do not want to give up the power. There is a thing, there is an article, I think it's by Wigner, Eugene Wigner, uh, he asked the question, uh, well, why, why, this is like 100 years old, this, this article, or 90 years old, he says, why do so many people still believe in this, in this materialistic worldview? And the answer is, is because it's hard to give up uh, a worldview that you that you've devoted life to supporting. It's, 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 it's inertia. I think it's, it's um, pride. I mean, respect. There's a, there's a book by uh, Lee Smullin, which I had to recommend on Spring Tree, and the point he makes in that book is, is how difficult it is for young science students to learn, to learn or anything other than string theory because that's the governing leading theory in physics departments right now. And if you want to do something different, you're not going to get a job. You're not going to get a professorship. You're not going to get the grant. And so, so this is, so the, my, the overall, the overarching reason is because those people in control, they're controlling the airwaves. They're trying not to let scent get in the way uh, because it jeopardizes their standing. So I'm, I'm maybe that's a cynical approach, but you asked me the question. I tend to be a little radical on this. I think it's, I think, uh, the, it's going to come crawling down by the sheer weight of the evidence. Uh, but I think that's what we're dealing with. Well, that's a day I Our look table. forward to when we're, when we're all set free of, of the, the dogma, really. <laughs> you know, Philip, you have well, this well, beautiful I mean, state. Yeah, go ahead. You have this beautiful statement. We're not random collections of stardust, but instead one mind rising to the realization that together we dream the world and the stars overhead. <laughs> Would you please explain to me what that means? Well, the, 
there is a evolution going on in 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 a very important way that folks that some folks such as I had a guest last week, uh, Richard Barrett and Ken Wilber are are uh, understanding. It's the evolution of consciousness, evolution of awareness. It's a maturation of the mind. We are we are we are gradually. I think that the another untold story that not enough attention is given to is that we are gradually realizing who we really are in the core of our beings. And eventually we reach that point where we understand we are the world, we're part of the world. The same thing that, that, that you've been talking about here and on your other shows. I mean, we, we have, it's the natural, I, I think it's a natural evolution. I've asked guests on my show, this is it natural or is this something that you wake up one day and you say, well, I want to evolve my consciousness. And, you, and the answer is, I think it's a natural thing because kids, kids and free minds are constantly coming into the world. The world is becoming more free. We're thinking for ourselves. And so... So you compare that sort of tidal wave of realization against this scientific uh, opinion that we're just collections of stardust with no meaning or purpose in life. And you compare Mm -hmm. the two, and I say, well, I'll tell you which one I think is sort of true, which is I think we're rising to the realization that we're one with the world. Michael Jackson was right with that song, We Are the World. And and that the only source of the world can be ourselves. It's a radical thought. It, and I'll tell you, I wrote most of my book 20 years ago. Imagine how radical it was 20 years ago. <laughs> so so it, it's not as radical today as it was 20 years ago. I wrote a lot of it. I mean, it, it took me 30 years to write The, the Collapse of Materialism. And, uh, and over time, I'm seeing more and more people coming to the same conclusion. And it's uh, in different ways. And so it's, it's really refreshing to me that says, hey, we are evolving. We are changing because other people are starting to think the same way. And what do you think this new paradigm is going to do to society at large? It's going to make a much more loving, caring, peaceful society. The ultimate goal of this whole enterprise, of my whole enterprise, is to put into physical form the truth that we are one. Well, how do you put into physical form that? That sounds fancy. Well, the answer is you act morally. You move your you you follow the golden rule. Imagine in science class, people instead of being taught with random creations from the Big Bang that just happened to exist and it's just one of those things that happens happens from time to time. There's no purpose in the world. Imagine being taught that. And, or, or put that to the side, now imagine being uh, people being taught that we are the product of a miracle. Folks uh, pray to God, but now we realize that we, that, that we are really the source of a power we'll never understand. It's a miracle, and our job on the face of the earth is to be guardians of the dream, is to be stewards of, of the environment of Mother Nature to appreciate this amazing wonder that we find ourselves in. But people, because they've looked at it like grand creation, thinks that it's just something that, you know, you roll out of bed and there it is. It's like it happens from day to day. We have an unbelievable underappreciation of the miracle that is the world. And I think that that needs to be taught 
that needs to be recognized. You could put it in fancy science books, textbooks, whatever. But but if we stop pretending as if you know that that you can't be logical and spiritual at the same time, then that's where we're heading. We're heading to a more a more spiritual type science as opposed to this hard hard machine like science. Time flies and we're out of it. Philip, thank you so much for being on our show. Our guest this hour has been lawyer, visionary, and futurist Philip Camilla, author of The Collapse of Materialism, Visions of Science, Dreams of God. His website, thecollapseofmaterialism.com. This has been The Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Don't forget to join us on the next episode of The Science of Magic. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you redream your world. Yeah.